fans. Hello and welcome to the Niners Nation podcast. And this week, the hype train decides to take a screeching halt. Uh, with me this week is Leo Luna of Sports Illustrated. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing okay. I would have been doing better if the train didn't come to a stop. But with all that said, I appreciate you bringing me on once again. Absolutely. I It was either do this by myself or bring you on to kind of have someone to like bounce some ideas off of just because... You know, you're the only person who I've had on this show who's been uh, as positive as me with, with a lot of the stuff that was going on with the swagger coming back. And, you know, we felt really good going into this Seahawks game um, and it just the injuries and just Jimmy G finally rearing his ugly head that, you know, he is who he thought he was. Uh, real quick, let's get into a quick NFC West check in. Uh, Seattle knocked off San Francisco 37 to 27 to move to six and one in the division. The Arizona Cardinals had the week off so they didn't play they'll play the vaunted miami dolphins defense who knocked off the la rams 17 28 and it's looking like miami's just gonna knock off everybody except for seattle and they're just defense is apparently the best in the league which is crazy but i mean i the, in the morning i was thankful the rams lost and then as the day went on i wasn't because seattle now has a pretty big lead especially if arizona falls next week and, and Seattle finds a way to beat the Bills but uh, we have a trade in Ninerland this week that we could talk about a little bit uh, Kwan Alexander was traded to the of all teams the New Orleans Saints for Kiko Alonso and a conditional fifth round pick and real quick before we you know talk about this I'm pretty sure this was just a cap thing I don't think that they are sellers quite yet I mean what do you think I think they're I want to say the word sellers uh, quite at that point, because I think with the amount of injuries that have gone on with this team, they've been kind of having to maneuver any type of money financially to make these practice squad players onto the active roster. For instance, Kevin White, the max you could be called up onto the active roster from the practice squad is twice. They already done that with Kevin White already. Um, two times so if they're going to bring him on again they're going to have to sign him to the active roster and at this point before the Quan Alexander trade they were down to pennies and nickels uh, so you had to make that move happen in order to continue the rest of the season to have the correct amount of players on the field on Sunday so I think that's where it came down to is just and plus he's not a guy that they were going to have around in 2021 yeah. just because of what his cap number was going to be and how ascending Drake Greenlaw has been for this defense. So with that being said, it's to, in order to continue the season, they had to move Quan Alexander. And I believe that they could still make some more financial moves. I wouldn't say seller moves, but financial moves. Yeah. I, I doubt Jaquaski Tart's going to return to this team next year. So he's someone that they could possibly ship off. I know there's a couple and a, excuse me, AFC North teams such as Baltimore and Cleveland that may, may be looking for safety help. So I would expect Tart to probably be on the move. We'll see what happens with that. And, and, and I think that's smart. I think that they, the Niners have something in um, Tavarius Moore. And I think that he's could be the safety of the future. And I think that he's cheap and he's in that position where they won't need to, they're not, they're not going to pay Jaquaski Tart anyway. And I think that while Marcel Harris has been kind of a problem, I still think he's probably decent enough that they can move and make him the starting safety next year. Like there's a lot of things they can do. Like one thing that we've talked about on this show specifically a lot is that this team's depth is so good. 
And that, that's why they were able to compete this long, despite being the most injured team in the NFL. And now the depth is showing up in ways where we're going to see next year where they're going to, they're going to, they're going to cut some of these guys. And so I have a quick list of guys. I just want to talk to you about before we start breaking down the Seahawks game and what went wrong and how they lost to a team that I clearly thought they were better than. And I think we both did um, specifically, do you think these guys have played their final snaps as 49ers? Um, D Ford. Possibly. I, I think retirement could be a possibility with D Ford. He's already got his, he's got his money essentially in the NFL being a first round pick and then getting a, a another contract after that, a second contract in the NFL. So he's got a lot of guarantees. So possibly. Yeah. And then, okay. I, I think, if he doesn't play this season, yes, for sure, because they would cut him. I don't think they would keep him around. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they, they want to spend that kind of money on a pass rusher right now when, you know, eventually you're going to pay Bosa, and they didn't want to pay it on Buckner. I don't think that team needs D Ford to be great when Bosa comes back because Bosa is that good. But uh, next guy, Richard Sherman. Yes. Yeah, the way Mosley and Verrett are playing right now, Verrett's playing like an all-pro, and – Mosley's playing like a up and coming player. Mosley's not at an all pro level. Uh, we saw that with DK Metcalf, what he did to him on Sunday. He Mosley played great. There's nothing more he can do, but he's not an all pro corner, but he's definitely a, a quality starter in the league. So with that being said, there's no reason to rush Sherman back. The guy's 32 years old on a cron- contract year, and he's probably not someone you're bringing back anyways. So Sherman's a smart guy financially. He's probably like, Hey, I'm going to save my body for my yeah. next NFL contract. Do you think they'll pay Verrett in the offseason? You know, if he stays healthy, it, it looks like he's probably the best corner on that team's had in, I think, probably 10 years at this point. Like, granted, Sherman was good last year. He's not as good as Verrett is right now. Right. Um, I think they will, because I don't think his price tag is going to be that high, considering his injury history. Yeah. Uh, so I believe he, he'll probably max out at around $10 million per year. So I, I would fully expect him back at this point since he is a couple of years younger than Sherman as well. Absolutely. And what he's done has been amazing. All right. Next guy is Weston Richburg. Absolutely. Um, there, there's no reason for them to bring him back at, at least with next year. And with this medical staff, it seems like everybody is taking a step back yeah. in their progress of being on the field. And depending where the 49ers are at week 12, week 13, they just might say, hey, save your body and so that you could get another contract in the NFL because we're probably going to move on from your hefty cap hit in 2021. Well, I think, and I think Garland and, and Grasso are decent enough centers. I think maybe you could, you could upgrade that position, but you don't need to spend that kind of money. <clears throat> and real quick, if you like do, and if you do bring him back, who are you going to cut? Because if you bring him on from, from the inactive list, you're going to have to cut somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that they probably – I don't think they play again. I got two more for you. Tevin Coleman. I, I think he'll be back. He's just one of those Shanahan guys that find a way. Um, and it seems like his injury wasn't too severe to where, hey, maybe we see him again in a couple of weeks. But I wouldn't say he's gone for the season. All right, and then the final one, Jimmy Garoppolo. So from my understanding, man, this is tough because he's a guy that I really, really wanted to be great for the 49ers. I wanted him to be the guy so bad, not because we had to experience the Tim Rattays and the Sean Hills of our lifetime, but because he looked like the guy. And 
I just don't see it happening. I do see the team. It looks like a divorce waiting to happen. What I kind of relate this to is when you're watching a TV sitcom and it's, and it's a drama where the parents are going to split up and the kids are hoping they're going to stay together. The parents in that term is Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan. The parents look like they're going to split up the kids and the family goes out and has a great uh, (laughs) family night, go watches a movie, eat a dinner. The the kids are like, Hey, (laughs) the kids are us. The kids are 49er fans. So the kids are like, Hey, maybe this can last. Maybe they can stay together. And then all of a sudden you get home and they're still sleeping in separate beds. Uh, So that's what I relate this to. It's, it's destined to become separate at a certain point. And according to his timeline, it's six weeks possibly. So that means he would be back for the final two games. Give or take. See Seattle again. There's no, there's no reason to bring them back at that point, especially depending on the position the 49ers are in. If the 49ers are in a position to where they might be in the playoffs, that means Nick Mullins is playing his off. So let's go ahead and continue him. And maybe he could be a stopgap for the next guy. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I love Jimmy and I wanted him to be great, but I think yesterday getting into the Seahawks game, he was the reason the Niners lost this game. I think that the defense played well enough. I think Shanahan did a little weird cutesy stuff, but at the same time, I think that Garoppolo's inability to get the ball downfield when guys are wide open. I mean, there's so many times where I've seen just clips that were actually on the, the game during the TV, like just in the, the TV broadcast, not all 22, where Ayuk is wide open, Kittle's wide open, Yushik's wide open. And we're playing the worst secondary in the entire NFL. It's not even close how bad they are. And we're not pushing the ball down the field. And it's not that Shanahan is not trying because guys are open. Jimmy Garoppolo is, has no ability to throw the ball downfield or he's afraid to throw the ball downfield, which leads to him getting sacked and just not throwing. The, I mean, get, he, he's scared in the pocket. And the thing is, is maybe it is the ankle injury, but at this point, it's like we've given him so many chances and the six week thing, it just feels like it's finally done. And I feel like if Jimmy Garoppolo plays some semblance of decent football, the Niners win this game. Yeah, you allowed the Seahawks to score 37 points, but you also had a terrible interception straight to DJ Reed, who knows you better than any of the Seahawks players know you. Which that is still blows my mind how the Seahawks got DJ Reed and now he's playing and we couldn't have him on our roster. And we played freaking Brian Allen over the like, it blows my mind that DJ Reed is a Seahawk now and he's starting for them. Um, I'm just, it pisses me off. But, anyways, and that's the thing is, and then Dante Pettis, that guy. I like that guy. I he has the worst luck out of any guy I've ever seen. Like he just got killed on a punt on a kick return, fumbles the ball, and the Seahawks get it on the twenty yard line. You give the Seahawks the ball on the twenty yard line, they're gonna score because they have Russell freaking Wilson. The Niners didn't do enough on offense to keep them in this game. If the Niners play some semblance of decent football, they played the last two weeks. They're in this game into the end, and the Seahawks aren't blowing them out like they did because you're still you're scoring some sort of points. You know, you, you have to score points to match the Seahawks. They're going to score. That's just who they are. Yes, the defense had a little, you know, a couple of times where Mosley just got beat by Metcalf, but they played decent enough on defense to win, to, to be in this game. Garoppolo just wasn't a factor. And from the minute that Garoppolo threw that pick, it changed completely into a completely different game where Garoppolo had no chance of getting the ball downfield. And when they finally moved to Mullins, lo and behold, the ball gets moved downfield. And I don't like Nick Mullins. I don't think he's good. 
but he got the ball downfield on the worst secondary in the NFL. And so I really think that that's what, what's going to happen here is Mullins is going to be the guy going forward. Is he the guy permanently? No. I think that Mullins is the quarterback when, when, when they cut Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the season or whatever they do with them, Mullins will be the, the QB one on the roster. But I think that at the same time, there is a chance they bring Garoppolo back next year and they draft a Zach Wilson, a Mac Jones, uh, you know, Trey Lance, you know, some sort of Kyle Trask, some sort of guy who is the next guy. And you bring in a Garoppolo or a Mullins to be the starter. What do you think about that? I, I think that's fair. And just really quick to touch on Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just something that I've noticed is the word on Garoppolo is he's such a team guy. He's one of the guys. And when Garoppolo has his best games, the run game is outstanding. So when the run game is outstanding, guess what? The offensive line is smiling. George Kittle's yelling, run it again. Everybody is happy. And when everybody's happy, Jimmy Garoppolo is happy, showing his chin line, smiling ear to ear. (laughs) And when you have a game like this where the run game's not working, the offensive line's not smiling. If the offensive line's not smiling, George Kittle's not smiling. George Kittle's not smiling. Well, then Jimmy Garoppolo's not smiling, and now he's struggling with confidence. And when he's struggling with confidence, the ball's not getting down on field on time to open receivers. His interception to DJ Reed, it, he was late, and he was super behind George Kittle, where George Kittle fell down trying to get backtrack to the football. And then with Nick Mullins, I don't think he's the guy as well. He, he is not the franchise quarterback. He could be a stop stop gap quarterback for sure. Absolutely. He's one of the best backups in the NFL. And Seattle wasn't playing him prevent defense. They were still blitzing. They literally called yeah. a timeout on fourth down to stop the 49ers from scoring. And then the 49ers still scored uh, after they converted that fourth down. So as far as the rookies, I I just want to prepare everybody because I'm going to go back to 2017. That's John Lynch's first draft, Kyle Shanahan's first draft. 2017, everybody wanted Deshaun Watson, Jamal Adams. Those were the two hot names. 49ers took Solomon Thomas. 2018, everybody wanted Minka Fitzpatrick and Traymond Edmonds. Those were the two hot names. They took Mike McGlinchey. 2019, it was obviously Bosa. Like, there was no way they were going anywhere else from that. 2020, once again, the hot names, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, because everybody knew they were taking a wide receiver. They didn't do that. They took Brandon Ayuk, which I like Brandon Ayuk. And Kinlaw. So I'm okay with that. Don't worry about Kinlaw. Kinlaw was as the well, best defensive lineman. As well as Kinlaw. So they passed up on where everybody was expecting them to take. So right now, for the people that are saying, hey, they're going to get Trey Lance. They're going to get Zach Wilson. I was, I was like, slow it down. Because you know what? Kyle Shanahan is probably going to take Mac Jones. I like Based Mac on Jones. the history. I, I like too. Mac Jones. And so here's my thing with this. is, is if We're going we're to talk a little bit about this, obviously, because I think, I think that the season ended this morning when we got the injury report that Kittle is out for eight weeks and Jimmy Garoppolo is out for six weeks. And I like Nick Mullins, and I think he'll probably 
they'll probably beat Green Bay on, on Thursday. That's why we're not going to really talk about this Green Bay game because I think they're going to go into that Green Bay game and, and Shanahan's just going to run the ball and they're going to kill him with Hasty. And it'll be fun and we'll have a great time. But at the same time, there's something we need to continue to think about is that the only two games that the Niners will probably win going forward after Green Bay are the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. So say they beat Green Bay, say they, just say they lose to Green Bay, right? That puts them at six wins on the season, six and 10. The NFL is on a, on a collision course with maybe one of the worst seasons in the history of the NFL. Like, there are so many bad teams, and there's so many bad teams that need quarterbacks. And granted, maybe they won't all draft quarterbacks. The Giants might not draft a quarterback. They might go Daniel Jones one more year. The Vikings <laughs> might keep Kirk Cousins for some stupid reason. You know, like that's a chance. But Jacksonville is done with Minshew. It's looking like the Jets are done with Sam Darnold. I mean, maybe they fire Adam Gase and the new coach is like, no, Sam Darnold's my guy. And then Lawrence is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which I don't know if I want to go there either. But the point is, is like, there's things that can happen that could, could, drop a, could drop a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson to the 49ers. But you're looking at probably picking 15, 16, 17 with six wins, most likely. And there's so many quarterback-needy teams. I don't think you're going to get a quarterback unless you trade down. So then the question comes down to is, do you want to trade down for your guy? Or do you want to look at Sam Darnold when he gets, you know, trade for Sam Darnold from the Jets or trade for Aaron Rodgers when they finally give Jordan Love the job or, you know, Matt Ryan, if the Atlanta Falcons move on from him, because they're going to pick low. Granted, they won this week, but they're still going to pick pretty low. There's so many bad teams. What do you think is the best bet here? Do you think it's to hope that you get a quarterback in this draft and make Nick Mullins a starter and eventually Nick Mullins loses the job to a Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, whoever that they end up drafting? Or do you go with the sure thing where you take a Mac, a Matt Ryan, an Aaron Rodgers, or a Sam Darnold, and you make that your starting quarterback of the 49ers for the 2021 season? From seeing Shanahan's history, I believe he would rather go with a veteran quarterback, not have to groom someone, not have to teach him how to figure out the reads. Because after dealing with Jimmy Garoppolo these past two years, you could tell Kyle Shanahan's frustrated. And it seems like the last thing he wants to do is teach a rookie from day one that he would rather go with the wise bet like Matthew Stafford. That's someone who I would love to see play with Kyle Shanahan with these wide receivers, throwing the ball deep to Brandon Ayuk. He's doing it over there with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay the past few years. And I believe Brandon Ayuk could be Kenny Galladay like receiver, just a little shorter, but his, his arm length makes up for that quite a bit. Ayuk's a star And with the Lions, they may just want to start fresh because they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to fire Matt Patricia, and they're going to, they may just start over and say, hey, we don't want to pay Matthew Stafford this amount of money. We want a rookie contract and then build the team from there. Um, so he's someone that I truly believe could be available, and that's who I believe Shanahan would want because he's someone that is athletic enough. He's not going to go bust out a 30-yard run. It's just not going to happen. But can he boot it out to the right? Can he boot it out to the left? This is Can he throw deep? Can he keep this uh, horizontal pass game and not be mad about it? He's going to be someone, if he threw eight passes in the NFC Championship game, he's he will be like Jimmy Garoppolo and be happy because Matthew Stafford has – has zero playoff wins in his entire career because he was with the Detroit Lions. So he's someone that would be ecstatic having a balanced offense as long as they're winning football. Um, 
that that's who I would want. Uh, Matthew Stafford, not so much, just because he's older and he's not no. as athletic at his age now compared to Matthew Stafford. Aaron Rodgers, I think they keep on to him one more year. I don't see him being available via trade or free agency if they say, hey, we're going to pay you respect and we're going to let you decide where you want to go and how much you want to make with that other team. Yeah. Um, so I believe it's either Matthew Stafford, who I would want as far as available veterans, not Jameis Winston. I, I'm tired of hearing that name. Um, Matthew, Matt Ryan could be an option, but not really because he would be tied into a bunch of dead cap for the Atlanta Falcons and they're not going to eat that up. Um, so it's really Matthew Stafford or Mac Jones at this point, like who or do we want? Sam, Sam Darnold. Like that, that's the thing is like, everyone keeps talking about the jets moving on from Sam Darnold and, and making Trevor Lawrence, the guy. And I think that that's a great move. I think Trevor Lawrence is a once in a lifetime type of quarterback. Absolutely. Um, but the thing is, it's like, here's the one thing about the Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold looked like he had a deer. He's this deer in his headlights. Look the last two years, really. And yes. He has Adam Gase. And the thing is like Tannehill left Adam Gase goes to Tennessee and he's not a star, but he's an above average quarterback. And I think that's all the Niners really need. You don't need the elite guy. Like, yeah, sure. I would love for them to groom Zach Wilson. And he turns out to be this phenomenal quarterback who is the guy of the future. He's the next Patrick Mahomes and you know, whatever happens there, you know, he turns into Russell Wilson. I don't know, but with Darnold, if he moves on from Adam Gase and comes to Shanahan and does what the, what the Tannehill factor was, because there's some times where Tannehill throws some amazing throws. Tannehill is just like, you're like, holy, sh- holy crap. That's, that's, that's Ryan Tannehill. And right. you're, you're blown away. And if Darnold can do that and then come to Shanahan, like, I, I think that would be a dream come true for Sam Darnold. The only problem is what would you have to give up? Think about it. I think that Rosen was given up. They got a second round pick for Rosen, but Rosen was only a year into the league. Darnold's been in for three. He's never really looked great. Like the first year he, had some splashes, but then the second year, deer in the headlights. This year, he's been injured at, and on the worst team in the NFL. The, the, the team he's on is just garbage. And he, But he did have that one throw against the 49ers towards in that game in the garbage time where it was like, no, Sam Darnold still has something. So would you want Sam Darnold if he became available? Do you think Shanahan in the front office would go for Sam Darnold? Absolutely not. <laughs> and <laughs> let me tell you why. Is, uh, it seems like there's something – off with Sam Darnold every year, whether he gets hurt or he gets mono, whatever it is, there's something causing him to miss games. And I think the fact you bring up Tannehill is fantastic because I'm going to say this. If Darnold goes and has a great season under Shanahan, that's going to be one year. And then after that one year has that great year, it's going to be Tannehill all over again. And he's going to want $30 million. If you don't pay him $30 million, now he's going to move on elsewhere. Um, so you kind of tie your hands. What do you give up a third round pick? Now you're paying your third round pick $30 million instantly after yeah. one year. Um, so I, I see going through the draft more viable option than what Sam Darnold would be, because it still seems like there may be fool's gold with Sam Darnold, just based on what his project projection was and where he was selected in the draft. Do we trust the front office to get this right? You know, I like Mac Jones. I think he's great. I love, I really like Zach Wilson. There was one thing that I saw on Twitter. I think it was you actually brought it up is that Zach Wilson's first couple of years at BYU weren't good. And granted, what thing about college quarterbacks is like, rarely do they come in their first and second year and just kill it. It's usually that third year where they're really good. Look at Joe Burrow. 
you know, Joe Burrow was with LSU for a year before he won the Heisman and won the national championship. And Joe Burrow looks the, like the guy out in Cincinnati. They took care of the Titans and made it look pretty easy. And the thing is, like, that's a good Titans team that really almost beat the best team in the NFL last week in the Steelers. And so Burrow is showing that he has that, that ability. And it feels like from what I've seen from Zach Wilson, he's evolved his game. Granted, he plays for BYU and they're not playing great football teams. You know, this is Burrow who was playing for LSU and playing top-tier teams and playing Alabama in the national championship and absolutely blowing them out. So, I mean, like, there's still more to see. And we still have a half a college season to see these guys. But I think you're right. I think Mac Jones is the, is totally where they would go if they were going to take a guy. And I think you would make either Garoppolo or Mullins the starter for six games and bring that guy in about halfway through the season, kind of like what happened with Tua, as long as nobody's lung gets punctured. Uh, <laughs> right. So with Mac Jones real quick, why I think him so much is because he reminds me of Kirk Cousins watching his tape. Um, but he's Kirk Cousins with an actual upside. Uh, he, Kirk Cousins struggled in the big games, even at Michigan State. It's not just something that happened in the NFL. 2011, Capital One Bowl. They got killed by Alabama, 49-7. to seven. Uh, Cousins threw 55%, zero touchdowns, one interceptions. The next year, in 2012, they actually won the Orange Bowl, but that wasn't because of Kirk Cousins. He was 54%, one touchdown, three interceptions against Georgia. So he still struggled in that marquee games. The difference is uh, with Mac Jones is he's out slinging these big marquee games as a few weeks ago against Georgia. He won that game on his arm. Not he didn't have a Le'Veon Bell by his side like Kirk Cousins. I mean, he had Jalen Waddle. Let's let's get let's, let's okay. Jalen Waddle is yes. a stud. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But uh, watching those passes. They were on a rope, and it was a dime to Jalen yes, Waddle no, totally. as well. So it wasn't just something that Waddle had to adjust to, um, as well as Mac Jones. He had zero games under 60% in, in his college career. S- 72%, 31 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's tough, and he could throw the ball off balance about 40 to 50 yards on a rope. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like, and I think the best chance for this team to continue to be competitive – and be a long-term factor on defense, which it seems like the Niners are going to be a defensive team with the Bosa, Kinlaw, Armstead tandem they have. And then don't get me wrong, there's still DJ Jones. There's still Kevin Givens. There's still Ronald Blair. And I don't know if those guys are, are done, but th- the thing is this team's defensive line is going to be their strength always because they're so talented at that position, which then, then you go to the fact that they have all-pro Fred, best linebacker in the NFL, and you still have Greenlaw who – Greenlaw gets better, it feels like, every week. And it was obvious that they liked Greenlaw more than Kawan. And then you go to it, the corner position, I think you're going to draft another corner, absolutely. But if you pay Verrett and give him some money, and Verrett and Mosley are your guys, I think that's a good tandem. And I think they might have something with the Marcel Harris, Traverius Moore situation at safety. Yes, the depth is going to take hits because you cannot have the kind of depth they have and not see cap salary hits. Uh, you know, and without taking some, some money cut, but this team is going to be dominant on defense or talented, at least on defense, even, but the thing was like, even with these injuries, this team allowed Russell Wilson to only throw for 249 yards. That's the best offense in the NFL. And you only allowed him to throw 249 yards and granted they were running the ball because they were trying to kill clock or whatever, but, and you gave him a lot of short fields, but this defense 
was up to the task. It was Metcalf who seemed to be the one thing that they couldn't figure out. They held Lockett pretty well, actually. Lockett didn't do a whole lot. And they got beat a couple times by you know, more. But this the Seahawks offense did not come out and just trounce them right away. The defense kept them in check for a good amount of that game before Garoppolo's inability to do anything really shut it down. But my point is, is that the defense is going to be there. This is who this team is. The defense is going to be there. They have Ayuk. They have Debo. They have the best freaking tight end in the NFL. And I think Raheem Mostert is now running back one and a top 10. I don't want to say top five because I don't want to piss people off. But I think Raheem Mostert is special. I think they've figured out something with Raheem Mostert where he's going to be a great running back going forward. You need a quarterback. I think this is the biggest factor we found from this game specifically is that with a quarterback, the 49ers would win this division and they'd win it easily, even with the injuries, because they're coached by Kyle Shanahan. If they had not even, it doesn't, I don't even think it's elite. I think it's above average. They've had below average quarterbacking all season. There's never been a game where Jimmy Garoppolo played above average quarterbacking all season. And if no, we said not- Jets, yeah, sure. But Patrick Mahomes just threw five touchdowns on the Jets. Yeah. And Jets was two quarters, wasn't a full game. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's the thing is we haven't had above average quarterbacking all season. If we just get above average quarterbacking with, with this team, the way they're built and the talent they have, they're, they're still the most injured team in the NFL. They would still probably be what I would say they're probably five and one. Yeah, that, that's fair to say. Um, the one time they did get above average quarterbacking was Nick Mullins against the Giants. Six and two. Sorry. Is what we go. Yeah. Yeah. Nick Mullins against the Giants. And that's the, it. And that was because Nick Mullins was just on one that day. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so the thing is like, they're six and two right now. And yes, this, I, I think that they beat the Seahawks because the Seahawks were not, didn't do anything crazy on defense. That was that any, that a, a good oh, above average quarterback could, could, couldn't overcome. And so they're six and two right now, you know, maybe they drop one. They shouldn't drop it. Maybe they still lose that Cardinals game because they weren't ready for the season, whatever. The biggest problem the San Francisco 49ers have right now, number one and number two, I think, are quarterback number one, 100%. And I think that it's going to suck that we're going to have to develop a guy all over again. But I think that's the best chance for you not to have to spend a a ton of money on the quarterback position. And then the offensive line, I think, is a problem still. I think Mike McGlinchey just – I just don't see it. Week in, week out. Are, are you seeing the stuff from the line that I think a lot of people are starting to feel like? That like Trent Williams is the only good lineman on the whole team? Yeah, he, he's the only complete lineman on the team. Lincoln Tomlinson can run block. Mike McGlinchey could run block. Um, run skill can a bit uh, if it's outside. <laughs> Not he also nothing make, he in also between the tackles. Donald too. Yeah, that's his son. <laughs> um, but with McGlinchey, he can't pass protect. He can't do it. Um, it's so bad. I think he got pancaked by DJ Reed a little bit. Yeah. It, he had help from Bobby Wagner, but even help from Bobby Wagner, there's no reason for DJ Reed to put you on your butt. And that's what we're seeing from McGlinchey. And I don't see how this team gives him a fifth year option at the end of this year. And if they do, it's strictly politics because he sounds like a presidential candidate in the locker room. Yeah, I, and that's, that's the one factor that scares me going into this draft, right? And, like, I feel like it's weird because we're halfway through the season, but, like, this is kind of the stuff we have to start talking about with the, the nature of this season and the fact that this team has suffered injuries worse than I think any team has suffered in recent memory. Like, this has been insane. 
And so you have to start thinking about what do you do going forward? And I think that uh, I'm worried they'll go lineman in the first round instead of taking a Mac Jones or a Zach Wilson. And then they'll go with some older guy. I think that the, the future of this team is kind of similar to what happened with the Chiefs. I think you have to get a guy who you're going to make the future of the Niners. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, whatever. They're yeah. going to sit behind someone. I don't think they need to sit for the whole season like Patrick Mahomes did behind Alex Smith. I think they need to sit at least to a bye week that's week six, week seven. And then you put them in there. You, you're putting them in there with a talented defense because the Niners are, as long as Nick Bosa and Kinlaw and Armstead and Fred Warner and Verrett are healthy, you're going to have a talented defense no matter who you are. And you just have to hope that, that your offensive line holds up. But I think if you have a decent quarterback who can manipulate a pocket, can get outside, can do more than Jimmy Garoppolo is doing, which is standing there and having happy feet, then I think you're, he's going to be groomed for success because he'll have time to learn a Shanahan playbook. And then think about the money you save on the five years with a fifth-year option, obviously, on a quarterback. Right. You know, that amount of money allows you to bolster your defense, bolster your line through free agency, do, you know, get another line, get another um, wide receiver in there to help Ayuk and Debo. You know, there's things they can do by not going out and getting Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford or even Darnold, just any of those guys. Yeah, and I think where people underestimate Mahomes is the Chiefs defense is pretty good. So he has a pretty good defense to back him up. Now imagine these young guys are having success very early. Imagine if Herbert had a defense, it would be over oh, yeah. 500. Yeah. If Burrow had a defense, they would be over 500. Tua has a defense, threw for under 100 yards, and they won a football game against a talented Rams team. Um, and if you bring in a young rookie onto the 49ers, guess what? You're giving him Kittle, you're giving him Ayuk, you're giving him Debo, you're giving him Mostert. He's going to have talent around him yeah. with a dominant top 10 defense. You're assuming Bosa comes back next year as well as the other injured guys. So the the success will be there and a rookie can win week one for the 49ers next year. Totally. And that's the thing is, is, uh, you know, where do we go from here now? I think the Niner fans, you have to be realistic going forward. You're not going to win a lot of football games without your number one tight end, without your number one quarterback, without, I mean, you have 22 guys on IR. Like it's, it's this is insane. <laughs> and it's that's, it's, it's, it's really bad. And that's why I say the hype train has come to a complete stop because I feel like the hype train has just changed. This hype train, the 2020 hype train, it stops. But the 2021 hype train is something we have to start thinking about. You know, I'm not saying actively watch the games and root against them. That's not what I'm saying. Look for great things like young players stepping up. Mullen's looking like he's, he's got some decent quarterback play in him. You know, learning the game better. Different things like that. But – in an ideal world, the Niners don't win another game and they have four wins at the end of the season right now, I think, because you really want to have that quarterback of the future with that stacked defense because Garoppolo was handed this defense last year, went to the Super Bowl. Think about if they have a guy who has an above average talent, can throw the ball, has a hose, they could win the Super Bowl and do, and do no problems because Seattle's not going to have a defense anytime soon. Arizona is probably going to have is going to is going to continue to get better, and Los Angeles is kind of in this weird purgatory where I don't even know what Jared Goff is anymore. Their defense, besides Aaron Donald and 
Jalen Ramsey is just awful. Like you can totally run this division next year, not this year. And so the final question getting at the end of this is like, where do you think we go from here? What do you think they do for the rest of this season? How I look at it is who's going to hold that seven seed is going to be the Chicago bears. And when I look at the Chicago bears schedule is they're not good, but they have five wins currently. And the remaining part of their schedule is they have the Vikings twice who stink. Um, And then you look at, they have the lions stink. They have the Texans. They have absolutely no defense. So they're going to let Deshaun Watson down like every other week. And then they have the Jaguars who are tanking for a draft pick. Um, So the bears are realistically going to end up probably with nine wins minimum. So the 49ers got to be at least 10 wins or else they're going to most likely lose the tiebreaker there because they're in the toughest division possible. And that's going to be the tiebreaker is the division divisional record. And while I just listed the teams, the bears have the 49ers, they have, I would say Redskins Cowboys, the ones they can win because that Packers game is still going to be tough because you got to run the ball and run it hard to beat the Packers. Well, 49ers just lost George Kittle, who's their best, run blocker outside of the offensive line he's pretty much an extended tackle in the run game now he's the running back is michael hasty too exactly so you don't have moster and who knows moster can come back in in two weeks but it could also be or excuse me in after this packers game but it could be longer than that depending on how he feels and depending on where the 49ers are at if they win this game or not against the packers and so Bears say the Bears end up nine and seven. 49ers got to be 10 and six. That means they got to go six and two over this final stretch, which is going to be very, very difficult to do. Um, where do they go from here? I think they just got to play the young guys, not try to rush anybody back, let them get healthy and see what you have with these younger Tarverius Moore. See what you have with Marcel Harris. Maybe have them play against better quarterbacks and not Cam Newton and the Patriots. Um, hopefully you get Ronald Bear. Blair back to help with that pass rush because this is the one game in a long time I didn't see really Russell Wilson having to scramble do some uh, backyard plays it was kind of just like okay I'm gonna sit 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 and my receivers are gonna get open and that's exactly what happened so maybe Blair brings some juice but I think you got to let the young guys play see what Jordan Willis has you just gave up a future sixth round pick for him yeah you did get a seventh this year in return but that's not really much yeah. Um, see what he has. Maybe he can find his way on the team next next year. Um, hopefully, Javon Kinlaw keeps accelerating his progress that he has been so far. I I think it's you got to get the young guys a chance. Uh, maybe now that Garoppolo is not so much of a deep ball passer, maybe you can insert Dante Pettis again because he and Mullins did have some some set success in Pettis's rookie year where he put up 500 yards, five touchdowns in the season. Um, maybe you could bring some juice back into that and rebuild his trade market because Kyle Shanahan obviously doesn't want him going forward, but it's just assessing where your team at, but outside of the, the Bosa's outside of the Warner's outside of the Garoppolo's outside of the Kittle's seeing where everybody else is at. That's where you go from here. Yeah. And I think that, that, that if they only win those two games, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, six wins, should still get you a decent draft pick and still should, could could get you a Mac Jones if you, you know, and even maybe a Zach Wilson if you trade down. The problem is there's just so many quarterback needy teams and 
it's going to come down to Shanahan and Lynch making a decision. Like nothing we say on a podcast produced on any website is going to have any say in what John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan do. You know, we can hope to God that, that Zach Wilson or Mac Jones is the 49ers quarterback next year. And they're just, I mean, just like we just talked about the defense that they're going to be given is going to be, it's still going to be good and they're going to be successful. It just comes down to learning Kyle Shanahan's system and being good, being better than what Jimmy Garoppolo was giving us, which was below average quarterback play. You know, you, and it seems like this is a great quarterback class to get a guy to be your future where you can continue to compete. I mean, Shanahan and Lynch are together for the next six years, unless Jed York does something stupid. Get them their quarterback of the future. Get them their guy, and let's go compete in 2021. You know, let's watch the games every week and, and root on our guys and see what they can do and hope they can continue to get better every single week. But in reality, this season, when Nick Bosa got hurt, was pretty close to loss. They came out, they showed some fight, they looked decent. And then, you know, this Seahawks game, the wheels fell off. The, the injuries finally killed them. You know, when you're this injured, your quarterback has to be pretty good for you to win games against teams that are probably contending for the Super Bowl or, you know, just, it, just playoff teams in general. And the quarterback's just never been there. And that's the thing they need to fix going forward. Absolutely. Um, just to retouch on the defense, it's they gave up 13 points at the half. They forced two three and outs. Uh, the second drive of the game, they forced, they gave up a first down and then forced a punt immediately after um, the offense didn't hold their end of the bargain and neither did Dante Pettis's kickoff return help mm-hmm. when he fumbled. Um, so this defense is still good. I don't want people to look at the box score and say, dang, they gave up 37 points. This defense is not that good as we thought. We're back to 2017 49er football. No, that's not the case. They're still pretty darn good. Um, but they Jimmy Garoppolo is going to cost $27 million next year. He's at 26.9. I'm rounding up 27. And what he's giving you with a much lower cap space that is going to be on for the 2021 season, you just can't afford to do that. You can't afford to go another year uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo playing horizontal football, not, not doing much vertically, uh, passing a guy for three yards and hope he gets 10. You need to just go out get a rookie on a cheap deal. And then you could afford maybe bringing back a carry Hyder with a Jason Verrett with maybe target. If they want to bring him back as well, you just yeah. have more cap flexibility at that point. And Mullins isn't going to cost you anything. If you make him QB one, no. that's the thing. If you want to make him QB one until Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, whatever is ready, then that's fine. And I think that's what they should do going forward. It feels weird that we're talking about this in October. It's next November now. But, I mean, that's just kind of the situation in this this weird 2020 season, the cursed season has brought. And so, you know, it's it sucks. It sucks we had to have this conversation today. But, you know, going forward, like, it's going to give us more to talk about. We can, you know, talk a little bit more about Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and and, and see, you know, where, where these guys end up. Where, you know, the draft position is going to change a lot. There's still eight games left. Anything can happen. But I just don't think the 49ers are going to contend for the playoffs this year. I do not think they're going to be able to do what we all hope they did. But it's not their – I mean, some of it is their fault, yeah, but these injuries are insane. Like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is not normal, Niner fans. And so with that, I'm going to retire the no more injuries (laughs) moniker at the end of the show every week just because I think the only thing we can really say is get healthy soon, Niners, because this this is crazy. It's just insane. If they want to check out your stuff, Leo, how do they do it? So you could go ahead and find me at 
Sports Illustrated All 49ers, uh, as well as on Twitter at Leo Luna 93. Sweet. And he has, he had, he had some great, uh, I felt like when this all went down yesterday, some of the stuff you were saying was really interesting. And, you know, like everyone kind of like a lot of Niners Twitter just jumped on, you know, this immediate thing that like Garoppolo isn't the guy. And then some of the stuff you're talking about, like, you know, maybe he's not, but you know, if he's not injured, you know, maybe give him. And if it wasn't six weeks, I would say, yeah, let's give him another shot. Let's give him a chance. But at six weeks, there's just no point. Cause he's going to play Arizona and Seattle after coming back from injury. And I just don't think those are the teams you want him to play. Cause those two teams are going to be playoff teams. And one of those teams is going to win the NFC West. And it just doesn't seem like that this is, this is Garoppolo's place. And you know, I don't know where he's going to be. I have friends who are like, Oh, he'll never play in this league again. And I was like, hmm. New England. Yeah, that's where I think too. But we'll see with Bill Belichick. You know, he he came out today and said they didn't have enough money to pay anybody, and that's why they paid Cam. And so he's he's kind of the wheels are falling off there too. But that's besides the point. Thanks for listening, guys. Sorry this one wasn't happy. Losing to the Seahawks stinks, but you know, there's not much you can do when you're this injured. And the quarterback play has just been abysmal. We've said this whole show, and they got to get it figured out going forward. And uh, Beat the Packers. Get well soon, Niners, and and we'll see you next week.